0: Welcome back to Edgework here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday, 1030 a.m. Eastern Time. Today is Monday, May 15th. And yes, tonight we have the two greatest words in professional sports. Game seven between the Dallas Stars and the Seattle Kraken to close out that series and wrap up the uh, second round here of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. But before we can get to that, so money, I got to go to you first, a uh, couple teams this week, weekend that weren't able to extend it out, get themselves to a game seven situation. Let's start first and foremost with the Edmonton Oilers losing their series last night, four to two to the Vegas Golden Knights, losing that game and elimination game, game six on home ice, five, two with uh, a natural hat trick from Jonathan Marchessault to basically put a bow on that one. What happened last night? So money and how are you feeling right now?
1: Well, I'm not gonna lie. It's been rough, um, but just like true professionals, after a tough loss, we come back and we sit on the podium here and we answer the <laughs> questions, even after a tough loss. That's 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 the way that we do it. Um, a lot of it, I think, has to first. You have to give credit to the winning team. Um, Vegas did a lot of things that, and they. And and they made a lot of adjustments that the Oilers they they weren't able to get to that point. And I think that i we we talk about this a lot. The playoffs are about matchups and they're about adjustments. So I think it starts from, from Jay Woodcroft, who um who who I like a lot, um, but I thought that he was completely out coached here by 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 Cassidy. Um it it wasn't even close. We saw we saw in the first period. I understand why you want to keep McDavid away from the Carlson line. I get it. Yeah. But what Cassidy started doing was he just started putting Carlson out in the first period um quite a bit. And now you had McDavid playing what like four or five minutes in the first period. That's not okay. Right. We saw we saw how McDavid's limited minutes in the first period, and at some point you have to understand, you just have to play your guys, especially when you're at home, especially when you have the best player in the world, regardless of the matchup. Ultimately, McDavid's ice time was fine, um, but the Oilers carried the play in that first period. In fact, this was the best game that the Oilers played, five-on-five, five, all series. Um, even with McDavid's limited minutes in the first period, um, they should have had a bigger lead. Um just, Right, so I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe having the best player on the ice in the first period more would have helped you get a bigger lead. Like, I don't think that's that's out of the realm of possibility, right? And as this um, yeah. I, I, as the series went on, Vegas adjusted to the way the games were being called, right? Like, I'm not going to get into the refs here. Like, they're 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 bad across the board, but it impacts some teams more than more than other teams and Vegas was 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 able to adjust clearly. They're not going to get into a game where they're going end to end skating against the Oilers. They, they they and they don't have that top end talent either. So what they started doing was they started collapsing down into the defensive zone. Right. Sometimes you'll get beat doing that, but it takes like the one-on-one speed that we saw from McDavid on that power play goal in game five and his goal in game six. You'll get beat like that sometimes. But they let the Oilers get as many shots as they wanted from the outside. Direct as many pucks as you want from the perimeter, no problem. The puck is going to have to go through six bodies, though, right? And 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 the and the Oilers didn't have the ability to do what Vegas was doing in the in 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 their offensive zone, which was starting from the goal line out, right? Uh, Vegas was able to get their big bodies on guys like Desjardins, who, I mean. I like him as a player, but he just wasn't ready for the situation. Guys like Nurse, who played one, maybe one and a half good games, right? Like and um, Ekholm's play dipped a bit, right? And and that happens when you have a team that's constantly bombarding you from from the from from the goal line, and then Stuart Skinner, right? I'm a big Skinner guy. Um, there's not much you can do here. Um, He's a young kid playing his first playoff series who had the worst dip in his young career in a shortened time span, right? There's, there's, there's not much you're going to do there, right? So the goaltending wasn't good enough. Um, Skinner just was not good enough in this series. And you can say whatever you want about Campbell should have come in, whatever, but Skinner is your guy going forward in the future. And he just wasn't good enough. So um, yeah, it's a, it's sad, but uh we are all sad. But there's
0: not- <laughs> Uh well I'm gonna ask you here now, so money we see after the Leafs lose on Friday night, the discourse online, especially surrounding this team, is blow it all up, get these guys out of here. They can't win, get it done. Uh, we're looking at basically a time frame of seven years at that Leafs team where the, now the conversation has turned into can this team win? For you, at least, maybe as a third party perspective, you wake up this morning, you look at this Oilers team. What kind of standpoint are you in in regards to the team's build as a whole? Uh, the star players that they have there, obviously not looking to move on from McDavid and Dreisettle, but maybe the supporting cast higher up in there. How do you kind of handle that situation? And what is your immediate reaction of the team moving forward and not necessarily just the results of this series?
1: Well, you, you don't want to overreact because I think I, I think a lot of the things that went wrong for the Oilers was 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 self-inflicted, right? We saw they they had a two-one lead in Game Five, and then they just and they started taking penalties. They played their best game five-on-five five in Game Six, but like for for the reasons I mentioned, that that they couldn't break through. Now, um, the concern for the Oilers is that they're not a young team. This is not. This is not a team that's, um, for, the, for the most part, that has time to, like, learn their lessons and they're going to break through eventually. It's, it's not like that. We have, they have forwards in the top six that are in their 30s, right? They have McDavid and Dreisaitl, who are not in their, like, early, early 20s anymore. They're, like, approaching their late 20s now. So this is not a young team. They, they, there's not that much time, right? But um, obviously, they, 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 they need to improve their defense, Right, like I thought that they had done a lot with like with like Ekholm coming in and like and like Darnell Darnell Nurse's minutes being limited. Um, it it wasn't enough. They they need to do more to address that, right? They also need to figure out why guys like um, Nugent Hopkins, guys like Kane in this series. Although Kane was carrying a lot of injuries, like what happened there, right? Like 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 the whole the whole thing of this um, of of this like like one of the big advantages i had with the oilers coming into when we put in the futures and stuff was that they have the depth throughout the lineup and we saw that that depth disappeared so um so so that needs to be addressed right so i i don't think you're you, you're never in a situation to blow it up when you have two of the best players in the world right but um you do need to address um the the peripheral issues here about why those guys didn't show up and what can they do to to uh to address the defense and like it or not you're stuck with skinner so there's there's no point talking about you need to get rid of goaltending or like upgrade goaltending he's your guy and that's the guy that you committed to he's young you're not just going to give up on him right so you have to hope now going forward that campbell is able to um get and and campbell's uh, under contract for two years as well, so he's not going anywhere either, right? So now you just hope that 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 he's done enough this season um, and what we saw kind of in the, in the playoffs where he can take um, lessen the workload for for Skinner into next season.
0: So money, uh, where are the tears? No tears this morning. You cleaned those up crying. before you came on air. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah that's what I'm I said. Outside that's outside what outside I said. Outside. The chat
2: sometimes the pain's too much where you can't even cry. So, yeah. <laughs>
1: no, I, I, uh, I, I let it all out last night. I wasn't gonna do it on camera. <laughs>
0: <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Well, uh, also, by the way, Jack Campbell's under contract there until twenty twenty seven, so he's got oh, a, a few yeah. more years left uh, yeah, uh, years. on that deal with the Oilers. But yeah, a few. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a few. Uh, Alex, what did you make of the uh, of that Vegas team? On the flip side, we talked about the Oilers and what went wrong with them, but the Vegas team coming together, kind of getting their game right, and despite having th- essentially what w- would be their third, maybe even fourth, if you want to consider that, behind even Robin Leonard there, who missed the entire season, uh, their third string goaltender in net. And just finding ways to get it done here against the Oilers team who once Boston went out, they immediately jumped to the top and became the favorites to win the Stanley Cup.
2: Yeah, it's funny. I did radio uh, a spot in, in Vegas over the weekend and I said, how interesting is it that this team in six years of history, the two most successful seasons now include them running four or five goaltenders. Uh, it, it's unheard of. I mean, we, we talk about all the teams that have issues just keeping one and two goalies. And here's this team that has this overwhelming amount of depth, uh, you know, getting to a conference final, and, and it's, it's massive, you know. And, you know, like with all the question marks leading all the way back, even going back to when Marc-Andre Fleury got traded to Chicago, And they wonder what what was things going to look like Uh, in that. Robin Leonard going down. Brassois was out for most of the year with an injury. I mean, like I said, they were running their fourth and fifth string goaltenders, essentially, it seemed like, at the beginning of the year. But they've been able to balance through. And uh, the latest star right now is Aiden Hill, who looks tremendous. And, uh, you know, I I was joking, too, about people that said, I wish I had gotten his dad's phone number. I met his dad at a bunch of the Vegas dads when they were in Minnesota. Uh, for a trip. And I'm like, I wish I got the number because I'd be blowing him up saying, if you're not resigning in uh, in Vegas, maybe give Chicago a look because Aiden Hill's definitely going to get a lot of offers from a lot of different teams, not just the Golden Knights based on what he's done uh, so far in, in this postseason. And I'm not saying he's a top 10 elite goaltender right now, but he's in great form. Uh, and the fact that he's been able to, you know, work in this, this plug and play system, he's really the kind of guy that would be perfect to, to kind of maybe be a battery mate with Stuart Skinner moving forward. Compared to a Jack Campbell, I think Jack Campbell is going to need his own space. You know, he's a lot like a Cam Talbot type. I think at this point, where you know he's so much pressure has been on him in Toronto. And in Edmonton, he needs to get somewhere where either they're a great team and they can win whether he's there or not, or he may need to just be the captain of a of a really bad team, kind of like a John Gibson type in an Anaheim uh, sort of situation. But he needs his own headspace because the 1A, 1B system does not work for him, and his con- he's not at that consistency level to be one of those options. He, he has to be an old-school kind of guy where he, you, you throw him in for 60, 65 games and he gives you what he can give you. Uh, and that's not going to work for Edmonton. That's not going to work for most winning teams in the NHL these days. You have to have two goaltenders. So, you know, it, it's a, it's unfortunate how uh, Edmonton lost this series, but it, it, it's a testament to how Vegas played and, you know, having guys step up and and you need your star players to step up in the big moments, too. We talk about having team hockey, right? You look at the stats of all these teams that have had 12, 13. Seattle's had 19 different players score uh, so far this postseason, but they're on the verge of elimination. The other teams that were on that list, Toronto, they're gone. Tampa Bay, they're gone. Uh, So you can have all the diversification and scoring you want, but at the end of the day, you need your top guys to show up. And when you see Leon Drysider with only four shots on goal and a minus three, that's unacceptable. Uh, you know, Connor McDavid, for all that he's done, all the heavy lifting, and I joke about him a lot on Twitter, uh, you know, but but he, he you know, played his ass off, but it all went for naught because, you know, you didn't have him step up at the big moment. Yeah, getting four uh, goals or three goals and two assists and an 8-4 blowout, that's whatever, but step up when you need to, you know, be there for your team in an elimination game, and 29 to 97 couldn't do it, and that's a, a big reason why Vegas is not going to the West Coast. All
0: right. Um, last question on this. We saw a coaching carousel kind of go on throughout the course of the summer. You see a bunch of these guys bouncing around and Pete DeBoer obviously still sitting there in uh, in Dallas, who's going to be going off for the game seven here tonight. But Bruce Cassidy is one of the guys who moved to a new team. We moved to Vegas there and the question comes in the chat from Jordan Mosel. How much of this is Bruce Cassidy? If either of you guys want to speak to the coaching, I mean, I know so many talked about Woodcroft and some of the adjustments made there, but on the flip side, uh, some of it was just how much Bruce Cassidy had impacted that Vegas team, whether it was culture, uh, structure, strategy, and then as well on the fly uh, changes that he made throughout this series and within each game.
1: Yeah, I think that... um... I touched on it. I think that Bruce Cassidy completely outcoached uh, Woodcroft here, and we saw this starting to happen. Like you, I, I didn't need to go back in to look at the games and figure out what was happening. We saw this happening starting in Game Three, and then it was on full effect in Games Five and Six, where where Vegas clearly made the adjustment for how they were going to play the Oilers. Your, you can get as many shots as you want we're just going to collapse in front of the net right and and the Oilers had str- had had trouble breaking through that they um they continuously had their had their defense pinching up and Vegas's strength in this in this series was was their was their defensive personnel and they were able to um to kind of unleash their defensive personnel um get them into the into the forecheck as well and and the Oilers just didn't have a counter for that. And that's, that does have a lot to do with coaching.
0: Well, if you wanted to bet on last night's game, the best place to do so would have been at the Pinnacle Sportsbook as they had the best odds on either side, whether that was if you were looking to back Vegas, if you were looking to back Edmonton, or if you were looking to get involved in puck lines and totals in that one, Pinnacle Sportsbook would have been the place to do it because Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sportsbook and available to bettors in Ontario. You can find out what uh, professional bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play you must be 19 plus in ontario please play responsibly and not available in the u.s guys let's get to the game here tonight we only got one game left to wrap up the second round of this season currently looking at the seattle kraken on the road here tonight at dallas sitting plus 175 in this one total sitting at five and a half so money going to you first looking at where we're at is there a way you would like to play this one whether it would be Side total puck line, or would you maybe be interested in player props, or is this one you're just gonna sit back, watch, and enjoy here tonight?
1: I was joking with uh with a few partners that uh that I need to cut off my fingers before I send out the under under six in this series because um I want to play the under here, but there's 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 a lot of things happening in this series that. Um, it's just not conducive to an under, right? Like we're waiting for, we're we're waiting for Jake Ottinger to um, to uh, turn it around. He um, he 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 obviously hasn't been the same player this series. But um, what if he doesn't turn it around, right? Like if you if you talk to me over the course of like the next. 200, 250 Ottinger starts. Yeah, his numbers are going to improve dramatically, right? If you're talking to me about a seven-game sample of his career, and now we're drilling that down further to a one-game situation, what if he doesn't turn it around? It's just one game, right? So, um, so, so we keep waiting for 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 that to happen, which 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 may not happen. Um, Dallas's defense is really being exposed here by. Um, the way that Seattle can run four lines, um, the way that they that they that they get on you quickly and stuff, and this is what we talked about in the in the in the preview as well that um, that Seattle can do this to you, right? Like they 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 have depth throughout their lineup. No, they don't have the top end talent that Dallas does, right? Like 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 not many teams do, but Seattle can run their four lines and. And, and Dallas has shown that they are susceptible in the back end. So that's what that's what concerns me about Dallas um in this game. Obviously in a one-game situation, um Dallas has more game breakers. So maybe that that bodes well for them um if if they can get their line matchups at home. But um I I don't think it's as straightforward for 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 Dallas here. Um, ultimately if this Line starts creeping up. I may be on the under six, but um, I've, I really hope it doesn't get to this point because I, I, I don't want to bet the under in this game. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Alex, anything you'd be looking at here tonight, or are you just going to be cheering for the stars uh, based on stuff that you've already have, uh, that you've already bet? And what's, what's your thought process going into this game seven? Being, an,
2: el- being an elimination game, i usually like looking at the third period over. I'm seeing uh, Ben MGM, one of the books I'm seeing over uh, two uh, at minus twenty five. That's something I might lean toward, but I- I'm kind of with so many, I-, I-, I would gut feeling would be looking at the under. Uh, and not just because it's a Game 7, but with Jake Odd, like I said, we haven't seen him step up and have that big breakout game yet. But keep in mind, it's a man that has not lost back-to-back games since going back into mid-February. And when he did lose back-to-back games, it was revealed that he had an injury uh, and ended up missing a few, uh, a few days after that. So this is a, a, a top-tier goaltender that has shown ability to bounce back after bad starts, just just scanning a quick glance at his uh, game logs, you know, looking at a loss, you know, March 3rd, uh, March 6th against Calgary lost that next game, came back, made 25 saves on 29 shots, uh, losing against Seattle, comes back, has a, a 40-save uh, performance. This is a, a top-tier goalie, and he's one that I would trust off of a loss. I've been doing that uh, so far in this postseason. Uh, and it's proved to work out well. Like I said, I already have enough pot committed uh, in futures and series to where I won't be betting this game uh, for anything side or, or full game total purposes, but I will more than likely be looking at that third period over potentially, especially if this is a lower scoring uh, first 20 minutes, maybe 40 minutes play. All
0: right, so no best bets there for tonight's game then. Um I will ask you guys, if you had to give a prediction of this game, then this is not take the betting out. We do these in the series previews where we go into them, talk about betting angles and everything like that. Obviously, it's game seven. Anything can happen here tonight. But just a flat out prediction, Alex, give me a score and who wins here tonight.
2: I say Dallas wins 4 one to see Seattle getting on the board early uh dallas may be evening up very very late in the first period uh heading to the locker room tide kind of a slow feeling out second period and then dallas with the screws on late in the third so money
1: i will stick with my seattle in seven and uh, I, I i think it's going to be three two let's go three two seattle
0: okay all right fair enough well For those of you who tuned in here today, hopefully you enjoyed the show. If you did, please make sure to subscribe here to the Edgework HQ YouTube channel, as well as liking the stream, like this video. If you're listening back in podcast form, please make sure to subscribe, rate, review, leave comments, whatever you got to do there to help us out. We do appreciate it. Um, As well, if you guys are looking for more series previews, we now know who's going to be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. So we're going to have series previews coming up for the Eastern Conference Finals. And once this series has being wrapped up here tonight and we're looking forward to the western conference finals we'll have a series preview coming out for that so you're going to want to check that out and later today or tonight i should say it's starting in the second period you can join myself and alex Moretto as well as some different people from the edge show on a live watch along for the remainder of the stars Kraken game to wrap up that series we did it for the last one in the uh in the rangers devils series that was a it was a fun way to watch that one go out unfortunately it wasn't too much of a game coming down into the third period so hopefully we have at least a different different situation here tonight but we do appreciate everyone for tuning in and final thing that i want to say we didn't have the opportunity to lock in any bets here tonight for a pre-game situation but if you yourself are looking to lock in bets or you just want to shop around and see what it's out there we definitely recommend Getting or signing up for an odds comparison tool like BetStamp because the easiest way to improve as a sports better is by using multiple sports books and always getting the best odds. BetStamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, and player props. You can save time and money by checking the bet stamp before you bet. Make sure to download the app today on iOS, Android, as well as signing up on the web. And if you are looking to sign up for new sports books, you see something on there that you want to bet, but you don't have that book yet. Make sure to head on over to betstamp.app slash to sign up for these sports books. You can click the link in the description of this video or podcast. If you're listening back to it, clicking on that. Signing up for any of those books through there through that link does help support the show, so please make sure to sign up using that link if you are going to sign up for new books. But Alex, so money, thank you guys for doing this here today. So money, I'm sorry for the unfortunate turn of events to end your season, but uh, as I said to you before the show started, I do this every year, so I mean. Welcome, uh w- welcome. You know this is what we have to deal with. This is what it is uh, in these uh with supporting these depressing teams. But you know what? There is always next year. That's what you can take uh, take away from this one. There is always next year. But guys, thank you so much for doing this here today. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your days. For everyone else in the chat, we'll see you guys back here. I would assume. We'll, we'll do it every time there's games, every day that there's games. So we'll wait and see if there's going to be games based on schedule release coming up tomorrow. Otherwise, stay tuned on Twitter. Where you can find us at EdgeworkHQ to see any announcements regarding the show. But hopefully we'll see everyone back here tomorrow morning, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time for more picks and previews. We'll see you guys then. Enjoy tonight's Game 7, and good luck on your bets.